From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 12th of September 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about a potential political earthquake in Sweden. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing the arrest of anti-monarchy protesters in the UK. But first, Sweden's election. Yesterday, Swedes across the country headed to the polls to elect a new parliament. And whilst we don't, as of time of writing, have final confirmed results, even now it's clear that the election heralds a political earthquake for Swedish politics, specifically when it comes to the role of the Swedish Democrats. But first, what has happened? Well, for much of the election period, the Swedish Social Democratic Party, led by Magdalena Andersson, had a commanding lead in the polls. The moderate party, led by Ulf Christensen, was in second place. Well, until the middle of August, when the Swedish Democrats experienced a surge and usurped the moderates as the second-place party. But even then, final opinion polls had the Social Democrats on a commanding lead, with 29% support. The Swedish Democrats were second on 20% and the moderates third on 17%. Fast forward to yesterday, the day of the election, and the exit polls pointed towards the left bloc, headed by the Social Democrats and Magdalena Andersson, having a slight lead. But as the votes were counted up, that slight lead flipped, with the centre-right alliance edging out the centre-left. And whilst that itself wouldn't compromise a political earthquake, the fact that the Swedish Democrats are set to be the second largest party in Parliament behind the Social Democrats does. Having emerged from Sweden's neo-Nazi movement, for much of the party's history, no one wanted to engage with it, with the equivalent of a cordon sanitaire enacted around them. If the results stay broadly as they are, the centre-right bloc will enter government. And whilst the three other parties in the bloc have stressed that the Swedish Democrats, as a party, will not be invited to enter government, the sheer fact that the Swedish Democrats are set to be the largest party on the right means that demands to enter government might not necessarily fall on deaf ears. Something that their leader, Jimmy Aikson, has already pointed towards, telling a crowd of supporters, our goal is to sit in government. Our goal is a majority government. It's looking pretty damn good now. Something backed up by their party secretary, who stressed he didn't believe that the Swedish Democrats could be frozen out. We are so big now, it's clear that we should have a spot on parliamentary committees. In any case, until we get confirmed results and the government is formed, it's just too early to tell. But you can bet we'll update you when we know more. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day. But there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Whilst the country is still mourning the loss of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, plans are underway to establish Charles as king. As stipulated by centuries-old protocol, the heir apparent becomes monarch immediately upon the death of the previous monarch. As such, Prince Charles became King Charles III on Thursday. However, there are still a number of ceremonies and traditions that have and will take place to confirm his position. On Saturday, Charles was proclaimed king at a ceremony at St James's Palace by the Accession Council, which is made up of a number of former politicians, members of the House of Lords, civil servants and great officers of state. As he was already king at this point, the ceremony just confirmed the identity of the new monarch and announced their regnal name, 
which in this case was Charles III. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Moving to Ukraine for the second story today, and we see that Russia has been pushed back significantly over the weekend by Ukrainian forces. According to British intelligence, their counter-offensive in the northwestern Kharkiv region has captured an area twice the size of Greater London. The former chief of the British Army, Lord Dannett, has claimed that Russians have pretty much turned and fled from the Kharkiv area of Ukraine, going as far as to say that we are witnessing some incredible scenes. The UK Defence Ministry has gone quite a bit further still, claiming that Russia has likely ordered the withdrawal of its troops from the entirety of the Kharkiv Oblast. Since recapturing the city of Izium as part of this weekend's advance, Ukraine has claimed that Russia has carried out reprisal strikes against energy infrastructure. All in all, though, this weekend seems to have been a success for the Ukrainians. Staying in Europe, where the former Czech Prime Minister, Andrei Babish, has gone on trial in a $2 million fraud case involving EU subsidies. According to reports, the Cates relate to Stork's Nest, a farm that allegedly received subsidies from the European Union after the farm's ownership was transferred away from Babish's company, Agrofert, to family members. Under EU law, the subsidies were reserved for small and medium businesses. Babish's company, Agrofert, a conglomerate of over 250 companies, would therefore not be eligible for the subsidy. Transferring ownership to family members meant that Stork's Nest suddenly became a freestanding small or medium-sized business, and thus could apply for and receive the subsidies. Barbish's company did, however, later return the subsidy. Barbish denies any and all wrongdoing, claiming that the case against him and all allegations were politically motivated. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the arrest of anti-monarchy protesters in the UK, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.